Good evening, America. Happy Halloween to you all. I hope you all are having a great holiday so far. Eat all the candy you can eat. Anyway, I hope you guys are having a safe holiday, and please be careful out there. But anyway, this is Wake Up, Jane Kavika, and today we're going to be talking about the upcoming midterm elections and police brutality. So, Kavika, would you like to get us started? I surely will. Uh, happy Halloween to you all. I hope you guys have fun, and I hope you guys stay safe. Check the candy. Um, so let's start with police brutality. Police brutality, as we know it, is something that impacts mostly the marginalized communities. Um, and, you know, I, for before we started this, this episode for the podcast, one of the freshmen from my school, he had walked in or whatever, and... He asked if he can ask some questions or whatever about police brutality. And I'm going to just jump right into it. One of his questions was, do you think police officers need more mental training when it comes to self-control and why? Yes. So, yeah, they do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you answer. <laughs> and here's why. We all know they, they need it. Well, some of us don't. Because if that was the case, they would already have it. They do need men- more mental training when it comes to self-control or they need mental training overall to know how to de-escalate situations because when, when it comes to situations where you're dealing with someone who's mentally ill, how do you expect a mentally ill person that is beyond their control, how do you expect them to adhere to your commands when they may not be able to do that? So your first reaction is to shoot. And once you shoot, you're, you're taught to shoot to kill. You're not taught to de-escalate the situation, like I said. Um, you're not taught to restrain before shooting and killing. And they have and they have taser guns now, so that's it can help out without killing somebody. Exactly. And it's, oh, we always hear this, oh, you know, I was reaching for my taser, I was reaching for my billy club, but I ended up getting the gun and I shot him. Like, these type of situations, it's becoming the norm, or it has been the norm, I should say. And it say, shouldn't yeah, be it's been around. It's been been happening for so long. It's 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 a normal for them. And that is also that contributes contributes also to why as to why marginalized communities. And when I say marginalized, I mean the black and brown and the indigenous folk. That's part of the reason why we don't respect as a whole. We don't tend to respect police officers, or we don't view them as beneficial for our communities because. They have a track record of killing us senselessly. It's not because we were shooting at them that they killed us majority of the time. It's because they felt threatened or they deemed us as being a threat dangerous. to society. Yeah, a, dangerous are a threat to society. You don't have to kill someone. I don't, you can't tell me one case where you have to kill the person in order to de-escalate the situation. There's always a, a way out of it before you have to kill someone. So yes, yeah, to your answer, or to your question, police officers do need more mental yeah. training. I feel some of them are equipped with better training, like in bigger cities, I feel some officers do know what to do. It's just a will on what they want to do. 
Yeah, I, do it, believe, I do believe that some officers do need that training for men, for mentally ill people. And I must say, you guys, this podcast is uncensored. So, and it's not, I'm not trying to sound angry. So just for you guys to understand, I'm not saying that I am anti-police. But what I'm not, what I'm also not saying is that I'm pro-police. What I would like to say is that I feel as though once you do your job, if you're going to take, assume a position of power, you need to do your job and do your job correctly. Just because you're wearing a badge and you're wearing a, and you're killing people while wearing a badge, that does not justify the fact that you just took someone's life. That person could have been someone's mother, father, brother, sister, cousin, anything. So now that the people that it affects, they grow up and they have to deal with this type of trauma. But I'm just gonna, you know, digress from that before I go on a rant. Um, Freddie, what do you have? I want to add to what you had said, like how it adds to the trauma. Like we all know about Philando Castile, the one who was fatally killed in Minnesota. The officer had asked him for his license and stuff, and he and Philando also told informed the officer that he did in fact have a firearm on him, but Philando did tell him that he was reaching for the firearm. When he was reaching for his license and registration, the officer shot him seven times with his girlfriend in the passenger seat and his daughter in the in the back seat. So she now she has to live the rest of her life with that horror playing prevalent over and over and over again. So he asked one last question um, for this section about police brutality. He asked if the police force hired more minority, which is, you know, the AKA majority, um, black and brown or black and he said black and Mexican to be specific police officers, would it fix the problem or would it just be the reverse? You give your input and then I'll I'll just go last. Honestly, I feel it won't because I've seen plenty of people like us who do the same exact things as the white cops. So Mm. it's like I said, it's a will that they have. It's a will. They do what they do. They do what they want to do and not what they should be doing. They have, must, some, they have to put someone there who take that job seriously, not just toting the gun all day and just waiting to shoot. And I must say that this that that you're correct uh, that it is a part is just a will type thing. Um, I feel as though to answer this question, I feel as though if we were to hire minority, the people in the uh, black and brown community. I feel as though it it wouldn't necessarily fix the situation. It would just um, it would add more hatred towards policemen um, because when you look at the policemen, you would just be like, "Oh, wow, it's another black." And if and when I'm saying you would look at them and it would be more hatred, I would I'm saying that because if they're doing the same, practicing the same stuff that they're practicing, we would be more hurt, uh, given that it's people of our community or people that look like me and you. uh, And we would look at them like, really, oh, you come from this community or you're 
a part of my race, but yet you're doing the same thing that these other people, these other folks are doing. Yeah, it's all about money, if you ask me. Now, it could benefit where the, the beneficial part is if they do right by the people and they do and they do right by law, it will benefit us in a way that we are able to respect the people that are supposed to protect and serve. However, it would, uh, well, not however, it also gives us an idea of that we also can protect our own. Like we can, you know, we can govern or have positions of power where we can protect and serve and where we have this authority and we're able to show up in places where we haven't been showing up that that long or haven't been able permitted to show up in places that long for example the police force it i would say it hasn't been over 100 years if, and you can correct me if i'm wrong that black people and brown people have been allowed to be a part of the police force it's probably been a little over 100 years if i'm not mistaken i think it's still under 100 years um but we're able to, since we're able to show up in places like that, and if we were to do right by the people and protect and serve our community, I feel like we would have more respect for the police force and forces we could, like We them. could accomplish a whole lot more. Yeah, we could. And we also would see, I feel like we would see a decrease in violence because you will have someone that looks like you. And what I must say, and I'm not speaking for the whole race, because I do not speak for the whole race, but I can give some give my opinion because I'm a part of this race. Um, I feel as though as black folk, we have this tendency to look up to other people that like they they may not be our mom, but our elders are more so like you know like that's our auntie or that's like our second mom. And when you have a police officer or someone that's of a, that has authority within your community and they're actually respecting you as a person and they're not trying to degrade you or take your life, we, would, we wouldn't want to go do bad anymore because you'll have that quote-unquote auntie that's telling you, nah, you need to go do something else. You need to go get an education or you need to stay in school. You need not to be picking up those drugs or doing drugs and doing this. We would see a decrease in many things and we would see a decrease in the negative and an increase in the positive within our communities. And our, our yes, communities wouldn't be ran that, down as much. Yeah, and build up that trust with that person. So everything just won't be hectic or chaotic. So that was all for the police brutality. Uh, let's move on to the election. November 6th, guys, get out and vote. But early voting has started in several states. Y'all better show up and show out. And if you don't show up, somebody else is going to show up for you. And don't so, complain. And don't complain when the results didn't turn out how you wanted them to. Please do not, because it, it's annoying to hear someone say, like, oh, you know, the government ain't doing nothing for us, or the government doesn't do anything for us. What are you doing to help out? That part. That part right there. You don't see, like, see, like, see, like, like, your voice. Yeah, see, like with me. I feel like I don't want to be in this kind of situation talking about all this stuff. But then again, I know I'll just sit, sit back and complain about it. And I can't live with myself knowing that I could probably do something to help the situation. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'll and help out. 
And I, you know, I, I pre-registered to vote. Uh, if you guys didn't know that people who are 16 and above, they can pre-register to vote in states like California. Um, I'm pre-registered to vote. So what that means is once when it comes to 2020, when, when that real election comes, well, midterms is a real election, actually. But when, 2020, are, <laughs> when 2020 is, I'll already be registered to vote. Um, I take voting serious. I, I feel like many of us, we've forgot, forgotten the history of, of voting. Voting has, voting has um, come a long way, the process of voting. And, and people have fought so hard to, to get that right to vote. So please don't let it go in the trash because they're just going to sit there and laugh at us. And if you don't know the history of voting in this, in this country, let me give you a little history lesson. Not that long ago, it was only a few white men the elites in this country are pre-colonial America. We're only able to, those are the people who were able to vote in, and have a say in this community. And when I say only the elite white men, I'm not meaning all white men. What I'm saying is the ones who have money and power. Women weren't still, able to vote. It's still like that today. Exactly. Women weren't able to vote. Men weren't able to vote. LGBT people weren't able to vote. Black folk wasn't able to vote the Native Americans, and I, I just feel like we just have to vote. If, if you don't vote, you have no voice, and you let other people use your voice or vote on your or behalf. Dic or, dictator how, or dictator how you're supposed to live your life. Exactly, and that's why our life is the way, that's a part of the reason why, I'm not going to say that's, I'm not going to attribute that whole situation to that, but that's a part of the reason why our, our socioeconomic status and everything is the way that it is, because we feel as though we don't need to vote, and I, I'm not saying that voter suppression is not real, but I'm also saying that millennials and people prior to millennials, y'all need to get up and y'all need to vote. Millennials, y'all have one of the Biggest populations within America today. We have, and I'm not a part of the millennials, thank God. I'm a part of Gen Z, the best generation. But you we guys need the best to. generation, but I'm going to let you keep going. <laughs> but we need to, I need millennials to show up and show out. No matter <laughs> what way you guys are voting, you guys need to show up in numbers and droves and get out there and vote. If you don't vote, don't say nothing. You just sit back and you have your seat outside of the, the family uh, cookout, okay? Because you have no say over <laughs> what's going on. Yes, vote in good times and bad times. Even if we happen to do flip the house, that doesn't mean stop voting. You're still supposed to vote. I'm pretty sure I said this in the last podcast. I can't remember. But like I said, how they tell you in church, pray in good times and bad times. And I'm saying vote in good times and bad times. And also, I must say, midterms, it, it also affects your, what your federal government looks like, as well as policies and everything that impacts your life. Midterms is one of the, the most important elections that we have. It really is because you're, the president, tech, I mean, the president is the boss, but he also has, they, through that system called checks and balances, which our president doesn't seem to understand, through that system there, the president has to go through Congress for almost anything. So the people you elect to Congress, they kind of dictate on what you do or how things are supposed to work. And our 
electoral college, which I do not agree with, uh, that's also impacted by the midterms because of the people who are elected into office and they get to choose who ends up being part of the electoral college. And the freshman that is sitting here listening to the podcast as we record, um, he just wrote a note and he said that uh, the voting system is, also, is, is still corrupt. And, you know, I have to agree. Um, the voting system is still corrupt. However, we still need to make sure that we get out there and we still, you know, activate our voice and use the, the avenues that we have to our advantage. Because or else, what, like, who else is going to speak up for us? Who else is going to be a better representative of the things that are, who's going to represent us in places where we're not being represented? How do you yes. expect how do you expect someone to speak on your behalf when they don't know who you are as a person or your needs? You cannot expect them to do stuff for you when you're not there. You don't have you're not allowing yourself to have that seat at the table. You may get the crumbs, but at least you're getting the crumbs and you're still gonna use those crumbs and you still go get your seat at the table. So I digress from that. That yeah, does not mean settle. I'm sorry, but that does not mean settle for crumbs. But what I'm saying is you start from somewhere and you get your seat at the table by any means necessary. True that. Got it. And you also have, when you get to that table, hit them hard. <laughs> so the freshman wanted to say something. So I'm going to just let him go ahead and say something. Go ahead. The voting system is so corrupt, and most of the time when someone votes, like like he said, like in 2020 when he is able to vote, uh, all you're really voting for is representative to vote for you in Congress. So that means that even though like you're voting, it still wouldn't count. So the, the person in the end who makes the final decision decision of who they're going to vote for can vote for whoever they want. So most of the time, your vote doesn't really matter. So rather than instead of just getting more people to vote, I think it'd be better if we just like went to the government itself and spoke uh, to them on that and just basically harass them about that. Because if you don't pressure them to change how the system works and how else is, are they going to change it? Okay. I'm going to clean up some stuff. You just said, I heard, I, well, yeah, I was going to say that too. Honest, I, well, I'm going to let I'm, you go ahead and clean it up and then I'm going to clean it up as well. I'm going to try to save the, total voting process for a different episode but in history class if I'm not mistaken I do remember that the electoral college is based off of the people in that district so my if my district was to vote for the Republican governor Brian Kemp who's running for George, the state of Georgia and I'm pretty sure they are that uh, wait I'm sorry <laughs> got that mixed up if so if the the if Trump when Trump runs again in 2020 and they vote and this district here votes for him in 2020 and our congressmen for this district have to go off of what the of what the district says and if they do they get a consequence now if they do now I'm pretty sure it's plenty of congressmen who have gone against what the, their district has said now if they ever got the consequence for it I don't know now you go ahead Kavita so what I wanted to say is our vote still counts. I, I hear what he's saying, and I, I'm not permitting, I do not condone harassing people. So that was all him. I didn't say that. So, um, and I did I want forewarn you guys, and I did say that this podcast is uncensored. However, our voting, our voting is, our voting power 
does speak for us. We do understand that within our within this country right now, we have a voting system that does not, it's not a true democracy. Not everyone voice is heard within the government. We we all know that. However, we cannot sit down or sit back and allow our voice to be silenced by the fact that we aren't all being heard. What we do is we we utilize everything that we do have right now, all of the, the resources that we have right now, which is voting. And we have this misconception that we have to be only Democrat or Republican. No, you could be just an independent. Um, and that's the problem, and I, I do agree, that's, that is a problem and that's a part of the reason why the voting system is corrupt because we only have a two-party system in, in America. When's the last time that we really had a, a true independent President, I, I don't, I don't know, man, one of them. Um, it's really based off of what I can say. It's really based off of what you feel is right is right and wrong is wrong is off of your moral beliefs. So, exactly, I can really say you're leaning towards a certain parties off of what you, your, your inner self believes. And I truly don't believe that you have a person that I don't, I don't really know people that are just. Solely in when I'm saying people, I'm meaning people that really look into politics and that are politics, political fanatics. Um, and if you aren't, that that doesn't mean that you're any person. But I don't know anyone who's solely a part of one party. I don't know anyone who just leans towards the left and anything with the right. Like they just that's out. Uh, period. Full stop. But I'm not saying that that's wrong if you're only to the left or if you're only to the right, but I know that people have different biases and different preferences, and because of that, people tend to sometimes hop from one to two from the other, and that's where it's like we don't need to confine ourselves within the Democratic or the Republican Party. So I, I must say I'm not again I'm not condoning harassing the government and. What I am saying is we need to activate our voice and we need to use our power, the power that we do have. And I know that our power is distributed or is limited. Yeah, it's, it's very limited. So we go utilize the power that we that we're limited to. Yeah, we got to still show them that we still have a voice. We are still here and we are not going anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Or else if you just sit back, then they're just going to run the show. How about we start getting elected? How about we start grooming young people to go get elected, like Joel Jones uh, in Ohio? Now, that note, we're going to end. All righty. All righty, folks. Well, everybody be safe on Halloween. And remember, get out and vote, people, please. All righty. All right. Uh -huh. All right.